ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the mic, straight out of London, UK, you are listening to Max the WrestleManiac, if you will. Maniac gang, happy new year. It is 2022. If you're listening to this, well done. You made it. What a year 2021 was. Even 2020. What we've been going through the past couple of years has been a bit nuts, to be completely honest. But yeah, man, happy new year. 2022, bigger and better all this year. Welcome and welcome back to the WrestleManiac UK show. My name is Mex and 2022 has got off to a complete bang. Like, honestly, the kind of stuff we've been seeing and I'm talking all the way from New Year's Eve with that little spat between Tony Khan, Big Swole. We're going to talk about that shortly, but day one, which is obviously on day one of january 2022 obviously we found out roman reigns got covid hours before the day one pay-per-view and um, of course we wish roman well but they didn't waste any time lesnar was put taken out of that match obviously the match wasn't happening anymore because roman is um, isolating and lesnar got put into the fatal four-way match which was for the wwe championship so it was seth rollins kevin owens big e the champion Lashley and Brock Lesnar for that championship and of course Lesnar walked out as the champion and of course for those that are watching Raw we now know we're going to get Lesnar and Lashley at the Royal Rumble because they basically ran back the fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for Lesnar and Lashley won it so great for Lashley. Lashley's finally getting this match that it seems that he was promised on his return to WWE. Um, Lashley versus Lesnar on the 29th of January at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship is massive. I'm very much looking forward to that. And everything else with WWE, WWE has really started off the year strong in my opinion, so long may it continue. But as I mentioned, um, let's go over to AEW and Big Swole and Tony Khan and this has taken multiple left turns absolute multiple left turns in what big swole was given in constructive criticism it looks like tony khan can't take the criticism and he came out with a vengeance and replied to big swole and saying how he's a brown man and his company is diverse and how black wrestlers have won on dynamite and rampage in the past month so that makes him diverse and saying big swole's not that good of a wrestler and that's why he let her go um no way to to run your company and go about talking to people even if this is what you thought don't have to come out and say it and i've been saying this for months now any little thing i just feel like we we hear you know i see we hear but tony's taking to twitter tony's tweeting about it and it's really not cool for someone that was so much in the shadows at the beginning of you know aew um only showed his face at the media events and things like that and it was good that he's kind of being a voice being you know out there in front of the fans and stuff like that 
but now it's just becoming a bit too much and you guys know i usually plug my youtube towards the end of the the show i'll let you know what's new on there but if you are looking for more of the chat on everything that happened between big swole and tony khan i've done an episode with it on wrestle extra with my good friend adrian a dazzle black wrestling alliance we were joined by gerard bonar as well um so yeah it's it's a really good chat so that would be the place to get more on that particular topic i would say so yeah a crazy start to the year that was new year's eve um and then of course on day one we got a day one pay-per-view um it's been fast and furious um i'm enjoying it um of course it makes for me to be making more content and things like that more things to cover um but i am enjoying it um so yeah i hope you guys are liking it too but as it is the start of the year i thought you know at the same time let's talk about the last the last year and let's talk about the the year we're going into um and i got on this show this week kevin mcclaveny he is the editor-in-chief at PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the magazine and the website. Um, this is a revered um, company, What they, the work they do in pro wrestling and how legit, if you like, the lists that they come up with for wrestler of the year and all of that kind of stuff, who ranks number one. Um, I got him on because I wanted to discuss, obviously, the previous year in terms of the rankings and who finished top and who he would have liked to finish top and things like that and a prediction as to this year as things are going who would finish on top for both the men and the women and he also gives a really good insight into how the list is put together the criteria um, when the evaluation period you know the assessment of who can make this list and stuff like that what they've achieved um, he gives a good account as to all of that kind of information so a really kind of good informative pod today on um, PWI and the good work that those guys are doing over there so before we get into this really, really fun episode I've got for you guys, um, as always, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, follow us on your podcast platform of choice. If you are listening on Apple Music um, or Apple Podcasts, I really do hope you guys could just stop for a second and give a five star review. If you are enjoying it, I do appreciate that. And anywhere else if you're on social media your facebook's your twitter instagram please share the podcast as well um let's spread this to as many people as possible but that is it for all the plug-in and stuff right now um we'll jump into the chat like i said this is kevin mcclaveny from pwy the editor-in-chief and we're talking about pro wrestling illustrated and those all important lists that him and his team put together every year Right at the beginning of the year, I wanted to get Kevin McClavenly in from PWI, the editor-in-chief, because we're going to talk about the lads and the females of the wrestling world and what they're going to achieve this year. So, Kevin, great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's good talking to you again. Yeah, yeah. So we spoke, um, I think it was about the middle of last year, 2021, when mm -hmm. um, Bianca Belair had just become... Um, the PWI number one for women of the year 2021. Um, what's your general thoughts on just how wrestling ended, you know, after, you know, we've seen the last 12 months. Um, what's your thoughts on wrestling in 2021? Gosh, that's a, there's a lot we could get into there. Um, I think there's arguably more 
great wrestling to watch than ever. It's easier to access whatever style of wrestling that you might like. Um, but that does mean the audience is sort of splintered a little bit. And then you have yeah. uh, outright combativeness, I think. <laughs> Just someone, well, I like this kind of wrestling and you don't, or I like this promotion and how could you like this other one? And it's uh, it can be a little bit exhausting. But I think uh, if you kind of keep pay attention to the wrestling itself and mm. uh, not so much everything else that goes on around it, it's a pretty good time to be a fan, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. It's been a really good year from, you know, from what WWE have done. AEW have obviously strengthened their position in the market. The indies are flourishing again. Um, but like you said, um, I guess it's the fan bases that are causing a bit of the toxicity. <laughs> um, where you're in the States, which yeah. is, you know, the hub of wrestling we're obviously watching everything that you guys do over here we've got indies and stuff here but you know it's, it's bigger in the united states of america um does that toxicity kind of show itself in real life or is it mainly just online would you say it's usually a lot of big talk on the internet in fact mm. i mean you you hear stories every so often and i heard a few in 2021 where um someone is just talking really tough on the internet and then as soon as you know they come face to face with somebody especially <laughs> if it's a wrestler like hey dude what did you say about me the other day on twitter or something yeah. like that and um you know i guess you have to watch what you say sometimes but uh uh i know better i hope after this many years to not say anything like that could be taken personally by a wrestler because then yes. they, yeah. you know my my real name's out there they're gonna <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna find me but uh no it's uh I think it is mostly, mostly online. I mean, certainly you get some jerks in the live crowds who hold yeah. up. I mean, there was a few weeks ago, uh, someone held up a really offensive transphobic sign at Nyla Rose at course, AW. Yeah. You do get things like that. I'm not going to pretend that uh, you don't. But as far as wrestling fans coming at each other and really being aggressive about it, I think that's mostly a function of social media. And, you know, before that message boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W which is a shame, to be honest. But to be honest, I think online is probably the best place for it. Because if that was happening face to face, as much as it is online, <laughs> the world would probably be a very dangerous place. For That's very true. Place. Yeah. Um, of course, um, PWI, when you guys published your magazines um, last year, Omega, Kenny Omega was number one for the men. Bianca mm -hmm. Belair, number one for the women. Who was your personal male and female of the year if we're looking at the entire calendar yeah, year yeah if you look at if um yeah in fact yeah let's just do it from the calendar year gosh uh so i i actually was just uh taking was asked about this sort of thing in a couple of polls and i, I found it really hard because i mm. i saw that on both sides of that you had people who did very very well for a chunk of the year um, and then maybe not as well. I mean, you brought, you mentioned Bianca Belair earlier, who of course had this great run up until SummerSlam. SummerSlam. And then, you know, and I mean, it's not that she hasn't had anything since then, but it was really a, just a hard fall uh, down the ranks for her. Uh, I think a lot of people were disappointed to see that. I know I was, but um, I think one thing that's pretty clear when we look back at 2021 as a whole is that this was, in many ways, the year of Roman Reigns. I mean, he 
was we got a lot of flack for him not being ranked number one in the 500. I, I stand by the decision, especially based on, you know, if we look at uh, the kayfabe side of it, what people did in terms of winning championships, defending the, the belt, facing wrestlers in different places uh, of different styles and different backgrounds. Um, I still think Kenny was the right choice, especially for that evaluation period. But if we look yeah. at the year as a whole, I mean, Kenny finally had to take some time off. He was really banged up. Uh, needed uh, multiple surgeries, as I understand. Um, but Roman Reigns, he's still champion. I mean, it's mm. been the entire year. He he is SmackDown, uh, and that's that's a huge thing uh, because WWE is you know ratings can be slipping and all that, but it's still synonymous with wrestling. Yeah, you know, even yeah. if even if they they like to think of themselves as an entertainment brand, I mean, wrestling is in the name, and when. The average person walking down the street in most places you bring up wrestling they're gonna wwe it's like uh, uh mcdonald's exactly that's perfect <laughs> right yeah okay so possibly roman on a calendar year basis would have been your guy your number one what about women bianca Belair still or so i would if she had held on to the championship or maybe even lost it in a more competitive way yeah yeah maybe i mean it's obviously not her fault her performance is still impeccable but um i think if we're looking at it from this kayfabe the way we would grade the 500 i think for the entire year it's probably uh itami yashishita from stardom who mm -hmm. had this incredible year and she just lost the uh world title in stardom uh which is at the top women's promotion in japan uh, a few days ago on the the 29th of december she held it the entire year and then really uh, brought attention on women uh, to women's wrestling in Japan in a way that we haven't seen since going back to all Japan women in the nineties, honestly. Um, so that's huge. Um, but I, I still think it's close, even with Bianca having falling down the ranks quite a bit, I think for sure, still number one in the U S and if you ask me again tomorrow, I might go back and say, well, you know what, actually Bianca, because she had this <laughs> mainstream reach in ways that Utami didn't, you know, so yeah. I, I and I and I think that's the case. Uh, you know, just we we look at what's happening now, and there's this question of you know like recency bias and like oh okay, well Bianca right now is not doing much, but if you look at what she did over the course of the year, winning the Royal Rumble, main eventing WrestleMania, winning that match, uh, going on to defend the championship successfully against a bunch of different people, uh, she had of course that feud with Bailey, she had a lot of other great achievements, great matches. So Survivor um, Series, Soul Survivor. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's a, actually, that's a perfect example. And that, that's something that had already slipped my mind. Mm. Um, but Soul Survivor, Survivor Series, and that's never done by accident. That's never done because somebody's uh, going to sit around and do not much of anything. It's because they want to keep them at the top of the card. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, now, without getting yourself in trouble or getting any wrestlers to run up <laughs> on you, um, wh who would you say is maybe one wrestler that disappointed you last year in 2021? Or maybe not so much themselves, maybe through injury. Maybe you thought this person would have a big year but didn't because of injury or just maybe booking you don't think was good enough. One person that you thought, you know, would have a big 2021 and didn't quite live up to that. Gosh, that's, a, that's another very good but tough question this might be a little bit uh controversial mm -hmm. uh because a lot of people love him but current aew world champion adam page um you know he took i hear it i hear it 
Right. He, so he took off time to go uh, start a family. I mean, like mm -hmm. absolutely cannot criticize him course, for that. Yeah. I, you know, that's not a, a knock against him personally or his abilities, but he had this, I do still think that the end of his uh, ascendance to the world titles uh, was done well. I think the match with Kenny was great. Mm -hmm. um, I think it ended well, but he really could have been a top star in AEW in a much more prominent way. Instead, I think, you know, again, some of that is he's off and spending time with his family. I don't know how much of it was that and how much of it was, well, we have to save Hangman coming back because there's all this other stuff happening, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas I think under different circumstances, and maybe it's because of all these new people coming in that like they had to, uh, you know, save his return. Um, I think in a different scenario, he really could have emerged as a top star in a way that would be memorable. I don't think a few years from now, we're going to look at 2021 and think that's the year that Adam page was really made. Um, yeah, technically, cause he was winning the belt. Yeah. But you know, if you look at a lot of other people, uh, I mean, even Daniel or Brian Danielson is a perfect example as Daniel Bryan in WWE yeah, where yeah. he was someone who won the championship, but the first time he won the championship, it was kind of a fluke. It was done as a heel. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't momentum where, and then later on when he was really made, it wasn't his first world title win, but it was the big one at WrestleMania when he had that momentum, when the yes movement was happening. Um, and I think maybe we're looking at, in the best case scenario, that with Adam Page, I think in a different year, he can still come back and he can do that. He has the ability. But uh, to me, especially now that he has the belt, you know, I'd like to see him on TV more. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a really good choice. And like you said, it, it does feel a bit harsh, but he was someone that we 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 knew kind of he was next. However, maybe because he went away for that period of time, came back and he kind of had to maybe accelerate things a bit. You know, Kenny's not quite moving well and needs a break um yeah and even your assessment of the fact that you know some of these other guys it's their second title reign or their third title reign that actually makes them um yeah i think hangman is definitely going to be one of those people where you know his subsequent title reigns will be him actually arriving to the dance sort of thing um even so much so with Big E now in wwe he's lost it but i actually think you know he 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 may actually benefit from losing it and winning it later on down the line um you know where maybe the likes of roman and brock aren't still around and he is forced to really be that that top guy almost kind of how drew mcintyre was um during the pandemic yeah yeah totally agree with that and i i do think that biggie will rebound uh, whether it happens in 2022 or not i mean i i think we'll have a pretty good idea of that i think the next six to eight weeks even are going to be really key in how that shakes yeah. out yeah yeah cool all right then we're going to do a bit of wrestling this or that to see some of your preferences before we jump oh, wow. back to talking about um your work with um pro wrestling illustrated so i'm gonna say two options you tell me whatever your preference is okada or omega hmm i'm gonna go with okada do I have to give justifications for these or can I just No, say, no, just oh, perfect. That's even better. Okada. Okada. <laughs> Okada, cool. Um, Royal Rumble or WrestleMania? Royal Rumble. Cool. Um, cool. The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Rock. Rock. Helena Cell or Cage Match? Uh, cage Match. Okay. 
Evolution or Main Event Mafia? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go with Evolution there. Okay, cool. Did you did you watch any Impact when they were about? Yeah, yeah. Just I, it's weird. I wouldn't have thought of them as a as a parallel, as, but they are. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah, slightly. Okay. Um, Jeff Hardy or Matt Hardy? Ooh, uh, Jeff. Jeff. Sasha Banks or Bailey? Sasha. Santino Morella or James Ellsworth? <laughs> I guess Santino. Santino, yeah. yeah. Um, buried Alive or a casket match? Casket match, but I'll add a caveat that the last Buried Alive match, the cinematic one, was awesome. Yes, yeah. I think that's probably... And that wasn't even really a Buried Alive match, was it? They never no, it wasn't that. meant to be, I guess, but it, it ended up being... Uh, yeah, effectively no. the same thing what was yeah, it yeah. boneyard 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah okay yeah, so solidly casket match then <laughs> <laughs> um mjf or the miz uh, MJF. mjf attitude error or ruthless aggression hmm that's a good one gonna go with i'm gonna go with ruthless aggression actually and last but not least, WWE or AEW? Jeez. Um, both of them have, there's been some things that have flummoxed and frustrated me with them in the past two weeks. Yeah. Uh, watching their programming in 2021 overall, I'd probably give the nod to AEW there. Yeah, yeah. They definitely um, did a lot of good booking, more consistent booking anyway, throughout right, the right. whole of the, the year. Um, I did feel like the last month, was a bit of a slog, maybe just because they didn't have anything directly that they were building up to. But then at the same time, I'd say WWE probably started the year kind of hot. So, um, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with all that. Cool. All right, then. Um, so, like I said, we're going to talk a bit about um, PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You are the um, editor in chief for the magazine. Um, how long has the magazine been around for now? It will be 43 years. So 1979, it was founded. Um, it was part of a larger family of wrestling magazines founded by Stanley Weston, who was a legendary boxing and pro wrestling journalist and uh, publisher. And then uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated kind of very quickly became the main focus in that family of wrestling magazines. Cool, cool. And to be honest, it is a pretty revered list. How did the list itself become a thing? You know, so the 500 list, I hear so many mixed stories about this because mm -hmm. it's different people claim that it was their idea. <laughs> Bill Apter <laughs> claims it was his idea. I think Stu Sachs, my predecessor, claims it was his idea. Uh, a couple other people who worked, maybe maybe Craig Peters, a couple of other people who worked in the magazine back then claimed it was before my time. I was reading the magazine back then, but mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was a child, yeah. um, but uh, it was 1991 that the first list was made. Uh, so actually this year was the, uh, I guess it was the 30th anniversary. Last year was the 30th list. Okay. Um, but it was at first, I mean, almost more of a, 
I don't want to say a directory because they did have bios and all that back then, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. it was, it was just kind of a long feature in the magazine. It wasn't the focal point. It was, it was the cover story. It was in the middle, but it was, I, I want to say it was something like 10, 12 pages of the entire issue. Like it really was not expected to become this giant uh, influential thing that it is today. In fact, even mm -hmm. back then, I mean, some of those wrestlers, I think, probably wrestled one or two matches that entire year it was there may have been you know far more than 500 active wrestlers in the world at that point but certainly not uh prominent and where you know you could talk to somebody in uh on another continent and they would at least have heard of them or you could you know uh, say oh i've actually seen this person's match well how would you see this person's match if they live nowhere near you, if they're not on some kind of uh, national or international television? Um, the research was a lot different back then, but there were, there were definitely fewer promotions, uh, certainly fewer with this again, wide reach and streaming and all that. So it has, it has yeah. become easier and harder over the years because of that, uh, because it's easier to, uh, to see any of this wrestling, but there's also a lot more to keep track of. And if you don't, list somebody if you mess something up if there's an exclusion uh you can't plead ig ignorance basically because it's of course. it's it's all out there <laughs> yeah yeah um I've, I've become someone that proper like lives and dies by the list and you know <laughs> I, I i literally i take it very seriously as to who's the top 10 and everything like that and you know i would say that you know more often than not you guys nail it you do it you do a real oh, good you. job by the time you've you know you might see someone above one of your favorites and you're like how how did that happen but then <laughs> by the time you calm down and really take into consideration you think you know what that is probably right and um with that i wanted to ask about the criteria and then the sure. dates it covers so as we kind of alluded to before it's not quite the calendar year it's not january to december um do you want to speak a bit on um, the dates it covers and the criteria yeah so uh as far back as i can remember the criteria the evaluation period has been between uh july 1st of the previous year and june 30th of the, the current year. Um, it does tend to confuse people because the actual list, you know, it takes time to compile the list, to make the issue, to write all the bios, to publish it, to get it out to press. Um, you know, it won't get out until late summer or early fall. So by that point, sometimes a lot of things have changed uh, within the business. And uh, that's, that's something to keep in mind, but the actual criteria, uh, there's this thing that said kind of dismissively and it's kind of true and kind of isn't. Um, and that's that it's a kayfabe list, which on its face is true because the most important uh, factors in ranking wrestlers will be not necessarily how technically good they are at their job. It's how they're perceived and how they're booked. Yes. So if somebody wins a major championship is all over television is highly influential uh, within the industry, that's going to go further than technical ability. Although technical ability certainly helps. And if there's someone who checks off a lot of those other boxes and is a great wrestler, they'll do well. Um, occasionally you have something like, I'm, I'm trying to remember which year this was, but 
when Ricochet and Will Ospreay were having their battles all over the world. They were doing it in Japan and in the UK and all 2017, this. I think that was. Somewhere around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that year, they were both, if not in the top 20, then in the top 30, but I think in the top 20, yeah. um, which considering neither of them had held a really major signals, singles championship, um, at least in the US or Japan at that point, uh, you know, they weren't the international stars that they would become. Uh, that was a huge thing and it was largely based on their technical ability. So that, that does, you know, sometimes get people up to uh, the next level. I mean, if you look last year at someone like, and he had the uh, IWTV world title uh, here in the States, but Lee Moriarty, I know benefited very, very much from the fact that he was, he's this technical wrestling wizard who does all these different styles and is just great that way. Um, But the criteria so i mean to to make it more blunt i'm going all over the place but it's um but it's the the uh it was championships one win and loss record uh influence on the industry technical ability um and then the quality and depth of competition so if somebody is wrestling the same person the entire year over and over again or you know does not say they're a champion, but they don't invite a wide range of challengers or their competitions week that can negatively affect them. And the inverse is true if they uh, have the quality and depth of competition. And then there's uh, the activity requirements. So generally if someone wrestles a lot more, they will fare a lot better than someone who wrestles a lot less. Uh, There's also a minimum activity requirement. uh, And that is, it was, we actually lowered this a little bit because of the the pandemic, but mm-hmm. you have to have competed in at least 10 matches during the evaluation period, or at least, um, I forget if it was six or seven, I, we may have lowered it again, but uh, traditionally, yeah, it's, it's six ma- uh, matches in at least six different months, if that makes sense. So okay. like you could have someone who is maybe pro wrestling gorilla champion in the U S or the, or the NWA champion who is only really coming out to defend that title. And it's these big matches. They could still qualify based on that. But again, we're going to take into consideration the fact that, Hey, okay, you might technically qualify on the basis of your seven or eight matches, but you're probably not going to get ranked higher than someone who wrestled in 75 or a hundred. You know, you said um, influence on the industry. What what yeah. does that look like as an example? Like, is that something that happens maybe in the mainstream and brings eyes to wrestling or what? It can be a lot of different things. Um, that is admittedly one of the more sh- subjective out of the criteria because you yeah. can't point and say this person was this many points influential. I mean, you can, you can point to things like TV ratings when they're... Okay, of course, uh, yeah. You know, but... Generally, what it does mean is that if someone is doing well within the bigger promotions in the world, WWE, AEW, New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, Mm. uh, you know, in the UK, uh, Progress and Rev Pro, WXW in Germany, all these things can be taken into uh, consideration as, you know, okay, this is a world renowned promotion. People know this. It's not just this local or regional uh, wrestling promotion. And if someone does well in one of those, again, they're generally going to be considered as more influential. But it can also mean things like, uh, for example, Cody Rhodes actually doesn't have the best win-loss record in Mm -hmm. AEW, but he's all over that promotion. And he's hugely, his fingerprints are all over it. He's on TV a lot. Uh, MJF would be another example of someone like that. His win-loss record is great, but he doesn't compete a whole lot. Um, 
And then you have things like uh, Trisha Dora was number 44. Mm-hmm. And that was based on the fact that she is the Pan-African World Diaspora wrestling champion and that uh, PWI recognizes that as a significant world, world championship. championship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, and that's a whole other conversation. There's uh, designating championships as uh, world championships is a tradition that kind of goes back in uh, wrestling and boxing journalism many decades. It's a whole other thing. Um, but there's that. But there's also the fact that she is just globally very uh influential and significant and people want to you know fly across the ocean to wrestle her um so there are things like that that can really work in a wrestler's favor as well um and that's where you could also see someone like i mean the miz is a great example you mentioned him earlier his win loss record is is abysmal (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah technically he had a world title reign in there but He's also one of the primary fixtures of WWE programming. He's on TV all the time. Yeah. You know, they they obviously have a lot of faith in him that they've uh, helped get him a reality show and will consistently put him in the ring with celebrities mm-hmm. and uh, have him be a representative of the company. That does go a long way. Cool. Okay. So that's good. We at least we can understand the criteria and what the choices are um mm-hmm. a bit better. Um you spoke before about challenges as well. Um mm-hmm. and obviously there is so much wrestling um around the place to cover. It, um I guess that's one of the main challenges. What other kind of challenges do you guys face with putting it together? Yeah, the I mean the main challenge is how much wrestling is out there. They another challenge is weighting these different promotions against each other um especially during the pandemic that's been difficult because you have something like uh i think especially lucha libre in mexico uh it's close to back to normal now it's not it's certainly not touring around the country but it's they're at least staging major events and cmll has a lot of shows in particular um but in a normal year maybe luchadors from mexico are faring better on the 500 than in some certain other years and you know if there are fewer shows happening how do you rank say the cmll world champion against uh the new japan iwgp world champion or a wwe universal champion like what how do these stack up against each other um and then you have something like you know, how do the independent promotions stack up against these major televised promotions? So these are all things that we look at. And, uh, you know, it's mostly objective criteria, but of course, technical ability, um, influence, you can point to what these things are, you can provide evidence of them, but it, it's still subjective and <laughs> yeah. we're, we're subjective human beings of course. making the call on all these. And maybe, you know, Ricochet's technical ability meant more in 2021 than uh, the Mrs. Influence or something like that. Yeah, These yeah. are, uh, it is a question of, hey, we're going through this list and like, we, don't, we haven't had so-and-so yet. And is so-and-so really going to be above this person? And, <laughs> you know, maybe they are because they did this. Oh, I had forgotten that was this year. Like, how long did this person have this championship? Like, the, there's really in the weeds with it. Um, and yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's, how it's how many of you are on like the panel that put it together? 
gosh, I think we had six this year, It was which was down a couple. I think we had seven or eight last year. But I say that, and we had at least three or four others who were uh, either lived in other parts of the world or were uh, paying close attention to the uh, the various promotions there, and they would send in their thoughts on those. Mm. Um, so that helped, um, you know, and even within that committee, uh, maybe so-and-so watches impact religiously every single week. And then yeah. someone else um, really keeps track of uh, how everyone is doing in NXT, that sort of thing. And you take that information and you bring it into the meeting. And if there are questions about this and you can kind of defer to those people and you can defer to the notes that you brought in. Uh, so that does make it a little bit easier, but you also don't want it to be too big. Uh, even we don't even have the whole staff on it. I mean, it took me, I think I was contributing with to the magazine for probably a good six, seven years before I even got invited into one of these meetings. Mm. Uh, because, you know, if you have everybody in there, you'll, the benefit is that you have all these different perspectives and, and, and everyone has their own knowledge base, but the flip side of that is that you'll have more arguments and it'll take longer. To I, I was about to say, does it get um, a bit feisty in the office when it's when it's time to put the list together sometimes? Yeah, sometimes it does. Um, I don't think it was too hard landing on Kenny for the 500 this year. Mm -hmm. The women's 150 was another matter entirely. Uh, mm -hmm. And it actually came down to Bianca Belair, who was number one, and Utami Ayashishita from Stardom is number two. And... Uh, it was really close. It came down to a vote afterward. And, and we left the, uh, the initial meeting kind of thinking like, okay, I guess we're going with Utami. And I, I had misgivings about it and a couple of other people did as well. But the person who uh, advocated strongly for Utami made such a good case. And, you know, we never walk out of there and, okay, the list is done after one meeting. It takes a yeah. little more time in that. And you're mm -hmm. even, even when you think it's done, you're still tweaking it and things are changing. Uh, all the way up until the, the evaluation period is settled and you can really look back at everything. Um, but that definitely happened there and it literally ended up with a casting of a vote. And by a single vote, Bianca was chosen as, as number wow. one. And yeah, yeah. And I really, and despite what I just said about Utami being maybe my pick for uh mm -hmm. woman wrestler of the year, during the evaluation period, that goes back to Bianca's uh, main roster debut and being yes. undefeated, except for I think one singles loss to Bailey. Mm -hmm. um, just, just completely just ripping through everybody, um, and it did not include her loss at SummerSlam, crucially, or maybe that was the actually it did, but it was right at the very end of the period. So in the grand scheme of things, it didn't look like a huge deal. Mm. Um, so I really do think we made the right choice there, but. Yeah, it was really kind of like heated. And well, Bianca means this um, culturally, and she is more of a mainstream star. Yeah, but Utami had the first five and a half star match in the Wrestling Observer for a, a, a women's match. And it's just this back and forth. And it's the back and forth. <laughs> and it's funny because we all agreed they were the top two. Mm. It was just the order of them. And then I, I, I think the top 10 was all pretty. Uh, similar you know like it was uh okay we know who is going to be in this top 10 figuring out the order in which they appear is another matter entirely yeah, yeah. Um, oh you, you guys got there in the end and like you I, I do believe you know that 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 period 2021 um that was bianca's year um i'm sure with wrestlers you know like you mentioned earlier um 
they've got egos. <laughs> um, was sure. there was there any? Do you remember a time of uh, a particular wrestler getting upset? You don't have to name them, um, <laughs> but upset at maybe their positioning and voicing, you know, their their displeasure. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, every every year, it's usually more. There aren't people in our inbox or showing up outside of the office yeah, or yeah. anything like that for the most part. Well, but maybe like uh, it'll something. It's something I'll see later. Like just somebody quote tweeting their ranking and be like unbelievable or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, people really do internalize it. And I've had people even when I was talking to them months months later for other things like. Hey, can I ask you something? Why wasn't I hired this year? <laughs> so, you know, I, I I can understand that it's your it's your life's work. You're putting all this effort into it. You're yeah, putting yeah. your body on the line out there. Uh, you want to be recognized for it. But at the end of the day, it is a group of subjective human beings putting these lists together. Mm. You know, even internally, I mean, the list is a committee effort. Nobody 100% agrees with the list in the order that it's in. There are years I think where we feel a little bit more cohesive about it but yeah it's never going to be perfect and even now i could look at um this year's uh 500 and women's 150 and say ah, maybe this person should have been on there maybe this person should have been a little higher did this person really need to be this high there are thoughts like that after the fact and that's because this is not a perfect science and if it were there wouldn't be a whole lot of point to releasing it we could just tell you what the formula is and you could do the math you know <laughs> like, yeah oh i mean i think you guys like i say it's, it's a difficult job to do with the list with anything you know ranking it and then it's going to go public and then of course sure. people are going to talk about it um what about the flip side wrestlers kind of um you know thanking you guys or you know maybe wrestlers that come out in good positions um using it and kind of acknowledging it has that happened with you guys as well the classic story is that independent wrestlers who maybe hadn't had any press and this is in the pre-streaming era mm. uh would try to use it to negotiate higher booking rates i really oh, i don't wow. know how often that worked but, <laughs> um you gotta try <laughs> yeah yeah uh, more frequently though it's People will find out and they'll tag us and write a just very kind note to us. They will uh, sometimes put it in their, uh, it'll be like their display name in Twitter or they'll put it in their bio, that kind of thing. And that's, that's, that's really cool. And when yeah. they see it as, uh, especially wrestlers who are on the come up, see it as this uh, just hurdle that they've cleared, this, this, this achievement that they checked off of their bucket list, that, that really does feel good. And, you know, we're trying to make the list on its own merits. We're not we're not doing it to to please all the wrestlers, but that's that's a really pleasant side effect, I think, of of doing it every year. Yeah, I can imagine there's probably a feel good factor for you guys that you know your work has been acknowledged and the you know whomsoever is happy about it. And like you said, especially around the branding side of it, putting it in their title, their name, or bio, or whatever the case is, because yeah. um, mm -hmm. it shows that it list, the list means something to them as well, somewhat. Um, cool so that's a great insight into the list um especially around the evaluation period like you mentioned um july to june mm -hmm. having said that now we're mm -hmm. going to try and um for yourself you know someone that's very close to the list yep. predict who the early picks are for 2022 one male and one female a man and a woman who do you think is going to top the list so i think right now I mentioned Roman earlier as having been dominant. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but we have six months left. Is he going to continue to be this dominant? Mm. He may, he, he entirely could. And if he does, I think he's a lock. Yeah. But I think there's an outside chance that our prediction that we talked about earlier uh, with big E getting another reign, if he is able, for instance, to win the Royal rumble mm-hmm. and then go and win one of the world titles in WWE at WrestleMania, after having previously beaten Bobby Lashley for the WWE world championship. And then previously, you know, before that having held the United States championship uh, and then winning money in the bank, actually the United States championship um, may have been before the evaluation period, but he was, the point is he was really, it was IC champion. He was IC champion. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause he yeah, switched. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking he had the belt when he was on raw, but he had it on, uh, on SmackDown. On SmackDown. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So that was, yeah, that was, I'm, that was definitely during the period. Um, and he won money in the bank. Uh, so if you look at that, he has, I think all the tools, if he can manage another big win and another world title reign mm. to be in that number one spot. So that's kind of like my outside, uh, if they're, if they're offering three or four to one odds against it, yeah. you take that yeah. pick. Yeah. But my gut right now, if it continues the way it's been, it'll be Roman Reigns. But we'll, we'll see. We have six more months. We're ha- we're exactly as we're almost exactly six months into the period right now as we're yeah. recording. So I, I recorded a video um, and put it out at the top of the year. And yeah. my pick, especially because I was aware of your evaluation period, mm-hmm. I thought maybe somehow <laughs> without a championship, Danielson could do it. Um, which now I can understand by the criteria that might be very difficult because it's not just on match quality. So, but the, another side to that is that influence goes a long way. If you're in the main events, but not necessarily always holding a championship that can go a long way. And his, I mean, one thing we would always joke about is that technical ability isn't the primary determiner because, uh, if that were the case, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson could win just about every year or, yeah, or, yeah. or depending on your taste, maybe it's Okada or it's Ricochet, but like it, it becomes like, okay, this person didn't get any worse in the ring. So this yeah. is, it's going to be the same top 10 or whatever. Um, I think there's still a world where that could happen because he has another world championship shot coming up. Um, but it would depend what he does with, let's presume he wins it. Mm-hmm. what he does with the next six months. If he's doing what Hangman Page is doing right now and just defense, defending it once a month, I don't know. Uh, it's possible. It would depend on the people he's defending against, uh, you know, how those matches went down. So I I would not say uh, never there, uh, but his WWE run, I believe, concluded before yeah july so that's none of that's going to be counted if Mm. if the evaluation period were the beginning of this year through now then you could look at it a little bit differently but you know kind of it is what it is so so we'll see still possible cool okay so your early pick for the men roman reigns um what about for the women so this is where it's a little bit more scattered Mm. um Britt baker has been dominant in aew but she hasn't defended again defended the belt a whole lot she's been on tv talking more than wrestling that does work (laughs) against you at a certain point um 
you know, because it's, it's pro wrestling illustrated. It's not pro talking illustrated. And that's, <laughs> and I, and I think personally, I think she's solid in the ring and has come a really long way in the ring. So it's not, yeah. a, it's not a comment on her wrestling ability. It's just yeah. how she's presented. Mm-hmm. Um, and WWE is a little bit, again, more scattered. I mean, Becky has the belt right now. She, she may not hold on to hold on to it. I think if she does, if she has another reign like she did before, she's the lock. Otherwise, I would actually go over to stardom again. And I think Shuri, who beat Utami for the title, who concurrently holds the SWA championship, which is sort of a, a title that was defended. It was created in the UK and it was uh, designed to be defended in stardom and in various UK promotions. Promotions, yeah. Yeah. So she still has that belt. Um I don't think she's going to relinquish it voluntarily, but we'll see. And she's still goddess of stardom champion with uh, Julia. So that's the tag belts. So if she's able to hold those secondary belts for any length of time, um, she's already had them for, I think the SWA titles, she had the entire year and the goddess of stardom title most of the year, you know, she's got to be a top contender as well. So those are my top two that, I would predict right now, but again, a lot of this depends on what happens in in the next month or two, and we can kind of go from there. Wow, we got we got a bit of an evaluation period left, like you said. So, um, is yeah, a lot more in that one. That's going to run probably somewhere around uh, middle of October is going to be the end of that. Okay, so we, we so still yeah. have a long time. Just speaking in terms of where the momentum is right now, actually, yeah. and that that may be wrong. It may be more like uh, mid September, but. Still, still quite a bit of time. Cool. I mean, you guys are going to be busy. I'm predicting 2022 to be uh, another really phenomenal year of wrestling. Um, Before we get out of here, Kevin, I wanted to ask you um, what your maniac moment is. Now, maniac moment is when you you popped for something big. The last thing that truly popped you in wrestling. What would you say that is? I guess it's got to be uh, CM Punk's return. I yeah. did not. I did not think we'd see that uh, anytime soon. And I think the night it happened, it, it it was looking like it was going to happen, but there was mm. just this fear because they didn't technically promote it. Um, and having heard that, you know, he had reportedly turned down previous opportunities to sign with AEW uh, after he walked away from the uh, the Fox Sports deal that yeah, connected backstage. him to WWE. Like yeah. what? Like what is he going to? Uh, do is he going to try to go back to mma he is he going to be acting um you know i'm a big fan of of his work and uh it was good to see him back it was good to see him back in that context in chicago that loud pop uh and f- for him to make that heartfelt speech uh now i mean people can argue that he went to that well a few too many times after that <laughs> I, I completely yeah, understand yeah. it but the initial <laughs> moment him showing up and doing what he did it was it was just so great and i think i think even people who are not fans of his have to acknowledge that was a really special night it was yeah. just uh it was it was great that would be my maniac moment yeah i think that's the word special like i'm not the biggest cm punk fan but um yeah that that whole build up almost telling us he's coming but without telling us and <laughs> right, that, right. that whole 20 25 minutes whatever it was was like you said special yeah kevin i appreciate you for taking time out of your day speaking to me man i really i really do yeah this, is, this has been a lot of fun thanks for inviting me 
Thanks for Kevin for coming through today. Really great chat with him. This is the second time I've spoken to him. I spoke to him about the middle of last year or so when Bianca Belair was named number one on the PWI list for the women. So yeah, always great to catch up with Kevin and, you know, understand some of the things that happened in the back behind these lists. And like you heard from him, he reckons Roman Reigns will be the number one man in pro wrestling for 2022. I mean, if Roman continues how he is and has a strong WrestleMania, you can't really doubt that, can you? Um, like I said, my early pick was Danielson, but you know, as a Roman fan, I'm not going to say no to that a Roman win. So very, very interesting. And you guys let me know, you know, on Twitter, you could always at me. Let me know who you think is going to come out as the men and women's number one in pro wrestling this year. It's very early days, so it's good to kind of have an early prediction. So let's talk about that. But yeah, that is all on the show today. Before we get out of here, I'll talk about the YouTube real quick. Like I said, Wrestle Extra episode when we talk about um, everything wrong between Tony Khan's tweet, things that happened with Big Swole and more. That is on the YouTube now, so you can check that out. And there is also some reactions as to Brock Lesnar becoming WWE champion on the channel, as well as Bobby Lashley becoming the number one contender. That is also on the channel, so you guys can check that out also. But Maniac Gang, that is it. That is the show for this week. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on your podcast platform of choice. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us with a five-star review. Share the podcast as well. And like I said, same time next week. WrestleManiac UK signing out, and I'll see you soon.